Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for the Spirit of the Lord? Amen. I feel His Spirit here. We're glad you're here tonight. Amen. You can be seated if you want to. Praise God. Praise God. I, uh, somebody once said if, if the person teaching or speaking says they feel like they're just going to be a minute, that usually means there's, we better hang on. I don't know about all that, but I, um, you ever, um, you ever have what seems like two different thoughts, but somehow you know they're connected, but you're just not sure how? Anybody else ever have that happen? I um, I uh, I drive uh, periodically between here and the other side of the mountains, and uh, I've driven between here and Ellensburg a few times over the last. 23 years, and uh, even more so probably in the last 15, and uh, I saw something this week between here and Ellensburg that I don't remember seeing before, Um, and if you lived here a while, maybe you can, I'm not saying it wasn't there before, I just don't remember seeing it before, and... uh, I was headed to Ellensburg, and I saw the, I don't know what they call them, those plants that grow that are sort of gold. You know what I'm talking about? They're sort of the, maybe you call them weeds. I don't know. I'm sure there's some name for that plant, but uh, I, I've seen those before. But But what I noticed this week on the trip was there was a ton of purple flowers between here and Ellensburg. I've never seen that before. I may have seen one or two, but I've never seen them on the scale that I saw them this week. I mean, it was it was beautiful. It was it was sort of green. There was the yellow. There was the purple, where it's usually just brown, right? I've never seen so much color between here and Ellensburg. And I had this goofy thought. Who went and planted that this winter? Did somebody go along the highway on both sides and out? That's what those military guys were doing. They were out there planting color so that when spring came. Silly, right? Of course. And. I, you know, the Lord talks to me in different ways at different times. And I I felt like the Lord's, we know the seed has always been there. It's always been there. What's the difference this year? Well, we had more snow this year, this past year than we've had in the past. And... We had a very rainy April and rainy May so far, right? The seed's been there. Those flowers, there's no telling how long they've been there. 
just, and I'm sure they grow every year, but they never get enough moisture before the heat just, dist- so we never see, or I've never seen them so full throughout. And it, they were always there. Just the elements kept us from seeing them in their fullness. And as I was, I noticed it as soon as I crested past the rest area. And man, for the next 35 minutes, man, the Lord just kept talking to me about all the seeds already there. All the seeds already there. All the seeds already there. The issue has just been moisture. The issue has just been moisture. And the water has made the difference. I, um, The scripture is clear. We know it in Luke. We had communicated it on Monday. Uh, If you went and looked up those scriptures. The scripture tells us in the book of Luke chapter 4 that we know the parable, right? The Lord tells the parable of the sower. And he says, the sower went out and sowed seed. And some fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and stole the seed. And then he went and as he was sowing, some fell among rocks. And that that fell among rocks, it sprung up. But the problem was it didn't really have any root. So because there wasn't any root, by and by it died out. And then some fell on ground where there were thorns And, of course, it grew, but what happened is when it grew, the thorns that were already there, they choked out that which grew. And then finally it says some of the seed fell on good ground. Good ground. And when it grew, it brought forth some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. The seed produced more after its kind. When it fell on good ground. I have a question for you. In those. In that parable. That Jesus told. What are the two primary elements? The seed. I heard the seed. And what else? Soil. Ground. Right? Two primary elements. The ground and the seed. Right? I have a question for you. What was the name of the sower? I mean, doesn't the sower get some credit here? I mean, wouldn't you think? Shouldn't the sower get some recognition? I mean, some, see, he didn't just get there. But notice the sower is not the focal point of the story. When Jesus, when his disciples say, you know, reveal to us, Jesus tells us, this, he says, okay, here's what the parable means. He says, the seed is. The word of God. 
The seed is the word of God. And the ground is the heart of man. The ground is the heart of man. And so we have the word of God in the heart of man. Well, what about the sower? Doesn't even take time to talk to us about the sower. Is the sower irrelevant? Of course not. But the sower is not the focal point. And the Lord never intended for the focus to be on the sower. He always intended the focus to be on the seed and on the ground. The focus should be on the seed and on the ground. We're doing all right. We're going to shift here in a second. So hang on. The focus should be on the seed. And so we find this interesting thing when you get to Corinthians. Paul is talking to the church and he's addressing this element. He addresses it in the very first chapter. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not like turning and reading. It's in there, I promise you. Go look or write it down and check it later. 1 Corinthians, in the, uh, in the first chapter, he starts out greeting them and sharing some things. And then he, he makes this statement. He says, now I'm hearing some things. And he says, what I'm hearing is that there's some contention. Isn't that an interesting choice of words? Contention. You know what they were contending about? Some were, they were, well, they were contending about who was baptized and who. Some were saying, I was baptized by Paul. And somebody over here was going, <clears throat> well, I was baptized by Peter. In 1 Corinthians, it says Cephas, which is talking of Peter. Someone else says, well, I was baptized by the evangelist Apollos. And somebody else even said, well, I was baptized by Christ. And Paul, you know what his response was? He says, when I think about it, I thank God I didn't baptize any of you. Read it. That's what he says. He says, he says well, except for Stephanus and his house. I remember him. But you got, I, I thank God I didn't baptize any of you. Because you're contending about the seed sower. You're contending over who gets credit. And he was, he was addressing this issue. Why? Why? Because if there's anything that will hinder the sowing of seed and the multiplying of the word of God, it's when the sowers start contending for credit. And so he addresses, so he gets a little bit further, right? In, uh, and I might have said 1 Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, better look. 2 Corinthians 3, I think that's the right place. Or maybe 1 Corinthians 3. One of those. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. 
So he dealt with the whole, you say this guy baptized and this guy baptized in the first chapter. He's, by the time he gets to the third chapter, verse number four, or verse number three. Verse Corinthians 3, 3. He says, you are yet carnal. Well, they thought they were spiritual. But he said, you're yet carnal. For where, and here's why he identified them as carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal? For while one saith, I am of, verse number four, while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? As long as you're comparing sowers, as long as you're comparing amongst yourselves, you're showing your carnal. One place he said, they that measure themselves by themselves are not wise. I am. A year or two years ago. um, When my youngest turned 18. uh, He had been working and doing things. And so I had this. Acura that you all know that I had bought really cheap and had a bunch of miles on it, but we transitioned that vehicle to him. And I thought, before we do this, I'm going to sit down with all three of my kids. We're going to talk about comparing again. I, um, I would make a terrible mom, just in case you ever wondered. Because I, I, won't, I don't know if I'll say never, but I would say rarely, very rarely, do I think about trying to treat my kids fairly. And by fairly, I, that shouldn't be, that, I mean equally. I decided somewhere along the way, I'm dad. If I want to do for this one what I don't want to do for this one, that's my right. If you talk to my boys, they'll tell you my daughter's my favorite. That might be true in some ways. But there's things I've done for each one. I don't worry about, well, I need to make sure I balance this out. I don't worry about that. I really, that's why I'd be a terrible mom. My mom always made me and my sister split the gum perfectly. Well, she gave one of us to split it, and the other one got to choose which piece they wanted first. So we made sure we split it perfectly even, right? But if we're not careful, that happens, and we start measuring that way. What's interesting to me is if you go back to Acts chapter 6, there was this murmuring that rose over the same type of deal. They were talking about the Grecians and the Hebrews. They had this murmuring that came between them because they felt like one group felt like their widows were being neglected in ministry. And so they started comparing. And the apostles, I'm paraphrasing because I don't think they spoke in King James English. The apostle says, we don't have time for this. You guys find seven men full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost. That we can appoint that they can serve these tables And I thought, man, those are some pretty high requirements to serve tables. Full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, full of faith. Just to serve tables. The more I've visited that scripture and prayed about that and looked at that, 
It wasn't that they set these high requirements to serve tables. The reason they set these high requirements is because they knew these men are getting ready to step into the middle of this squabble of comparison. And if they're not full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom, they're going to start choosing sides. Versus being led of the Spirit to do the work of God without comparison amongst themselves. So they had to be full. And so what's interesting to me is what happens is, Stephen, one of those guys who's serving tables, starts doing miracles and wonders. God's doing them through. He starts ministering to the priest, and the priest can't resist the wisdom by which this table server speaks. And the, prod, the result says, and the word of God multiplied. And many priests were obedient to the faith. The multiplication of the word, the seed, the multiplication of that took place when people were no longer worrying about who was getting credit for what, what, and were simply fulfilling the responsibility that they had in the kingdom of God. I, um, this, this feels like I'm just sort of jumping around, but I remember I told you how sometimes you feel like all these things are interconnected, and so we're just sort of. I have at times talked to the Lord about, Lord, why are we not seeing more miracles and wonders and signs? And we're starting to see them and we're going to see more. And I've, I've heard reports just this week of things God has done. Um, I, I literally, I had tremendous pain in my shoulder last night. And then when I woke up this morning and I didn't have some ooh and ah, I just put my hand there and I said, Lord, you're a healer. Would you deal with this pain? I'm asking you to heal my shoulder in Jesus' name. And I went on about my morning and prayer. And I, it was probably about 40 minutes later I realized my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. And... Um, I don't know when it happened. But I've talked to the Lord about this. Because when I read in the book of Acts, those things were critical to the sharing of the word of God. Signs and wonders and miracles were a product of, the God, of God working through them. And then when that happened, they seized upon that opportunity to sow seed. It wasn't about being used to perform a miracle. It was about an opportunity to sow seed. I, I mean, read it. Every time, if you look when in Acts chapter 3, when they said to the man at the gate, beautiful, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have we'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And you read that through chapter 3 and chapter 4. By the time you get to Acts chapter 4, they're saying, hey, we want to know what happened. By How did he? And Peter said, why are you surprised by the one of the Lord Jesus Christ that you all crucified? That's how this man is made whole. And they begin to share the gospel as a result of the miracle. 
And if you look throughout the book of Acts, every time there was a miracle, the purpose of the miracle was to open the door to share the gospel. When they were threatened not to preach in the name anymore, you find them coming back and telling their story and people praying. And their prayer is such that it says, Lord, give us boldness that we may speak. By stretch, and then they make this statement, stretch forth thy hand that miracles and wonders may be done in the name of the Lord Jesus, thy holy child Jesus. They prayed for boldness to speak before they prayed for the miracles because they knew the miracles were meant to open the door for them to speak the word of God and sow the seed. So, in talking to the Lord about this, Lord, why? Why do we not see more? And I believe it's time. We've talked about that the last few weeks. I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, because people still want credit. People still want credit. And the Lord is not interested in us getting credit for being a miracle worker. Right? So I went back and I started looking again. At Jesus working in his ministry. You know, nine times in the Gospels, we find these words from Jesus after he does a miracle. Tell no man. What? Tell no man. Was he trying to hide the miracle? No. What was he doing? He was exampling to us the pattern because he would do a miracle and then he would talk about the kingdom of God has come to you. And people would come out for miracles and he would begin to declare the kingdom of God. It was an avenue and an open door for the word of God. But there was no measuring of the man. There was no drawing attention to the man. It was about all the attention and the glory being given to God for what took place. It's interesting with Stephen, we don't know what miracles were done. The scripture says many miracles. I don't believe that means that we'll never know or should never know who God uses. But the Lord has to have us as a vessel in a posture that he can use us to where we're not interested or concerned with getting credit. And... I probably have to learn that as much or more than anybody. Our humanity likes credit, likes to be recognized, likes affirmation. That's our humanity. Our affirmation comes from the Lord. Um, one other place in Scripture, I'm done here. I feel so strongly the desire of the Lord to use us in this manner. And we see the many open doors to sow seed right now in these valleys. And there's much seed that has already been sown. And so we have a responsibility to prayer, the watering, the moisture, the seeds already there. 
And I believe with every fiber of my spirit that those in this room and those not in this room in these valleys that the Lord in this hour is ready to do miracles of healing like we read in the scripture and his purpose for doing so is that the gospel would be shared with someone that the gospel would be shared that it would open a door to sow seed Philippians chapter 2 Many of us know this passage of scripture. It's been on my heart for months. I find myself back here weekly. Um, we'll just start at verse 1. Philippians 2 and verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, so if there's any of these things, fulfill my joy. How do we do that? Paul writing to the church said, Be like-minded, have the same love, be of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing, everybody say nothing. What does nothing mean? Exactly. Let nothing be done through strife. You know, it takes two people for there to be strife. This is what Paul's addressing. Notice the first verse he said, or the verse before, he said, be like-minded, have the same love, be of one accord, be of one mind. That one accord, that one mind is to do the work and the will of God. Not to draw attention to self and get credit for self for something done. So then he says, don't let anything, let nothing be done through strife. I want to outdo somebody else. Oh, well, the Rodriguez are teaching a Bible study. I'm going to get one, so I'll show I can do one too. My motive's got to be right. It's subtle. My motive's got to be right. And so let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But how should it be done? In lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than whom? Themselves. Now, Paul is not writing here and telling us, I really need to think little of myself. This idea... And I don't mean in terms of like, you know what I mean? I, oh, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm pitiful. I'm, you know, you, I never find that in, in Christ's ministry where he's ever talking about how he's nothing. And he's, when things would come that would try to exalt him, he would simply point them to the Father. Right? That was, a, it was never one of, oh, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. Don't he? Sometimes we can take that the other way. That's not what Paul is telling us when he's talking about lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. 
What am I doing? I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing in seed being sown through the Santos and the Rodriguez and Martine and you. And you tell me a story and I hear your. And if I share a story, I'm not trying to share it so I can go, hey, look at me. I've sown some seed too. look at my story. I bet it's a little better than your story. No, no, I our desire is that we esteem other better than ourselves and that we are of one mind and one love and our purpose is to sow seed to see the will of God done. And so when we share these things, God, let our motive be pure and let it be in lowliness of mind, esteeming each other better than ourselves and doing the work and the will of the kingdom of God without looking for credit, but our words are to edify the body and to glorify God. Amen? Now watch verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on things. That doesn't mean getting everybody else's business. Right? As the body of Christ, I want to be interested in what's happening in others in the body. Verse 5. Notice earlier he said lowliness of mind. Here he is again. Let this mind be in you, how we think. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, oh, sorry, verse 6, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, verse 7. The Lord God, who created the heaven and earth and all that is, chose to robe himself in flesh and dwell among us. God. God did this. And God in the flesh made himself of no reputation. When he was saying, tell no man, tell no man, Tell no man. You know what he was doing? He was protecting himself from developing a reputation. That's contrary to our human nature. Don't answer this question, at least not out loud. But if we were asked, how would you want people to know you as a person of God? And we said, man, I'd like to be known as a miracle worker. I'd like to be known as a, I'd like to be known. Jesus didn't want to be known. He was wanting all the glory to go to him. He, why? He was wanting no focus on flesh, on a man. He was wanting the focus to go to God alone. And so he didn't think it robbery, even though he was equal with God, because he was God in the flesh. That he would choose not to have a reputation. I, I can't I, I still can't really fathom that. It's hard to wrap our minds around. But he took on the form of a servant. 
and was made in the likeness of man. This was mine and your example. To be a man or a woman of no reputation. Not a bad rep, not an ill reputation. A man or woman of no reputation. What does that do? That speaks of a motive that's pure in my service in the kingdom. A motive that's pure as a conduit that he works through. A motive that's pure that says, I'm not trying to get credit for something. I'm not trying to be seen as something. I'm not trying to build a reputation to be known as a certain this or a certain that. I'm simply seeking to be a vessel. It was interesting. I was reading uh, Galatians this morning. I'd never seen this before. The Apostle Paul was talking about before. Uh, before he was struck down on the road to Damascus. Uh, Galatians 1. We'll finish right here. Verse 13. You've heard of my conversation in time past. This was before the light on the road. You heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. In the Jews' religion. He's talking about when he was religious. How that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. Now, oh, go back just real quick one second. Notice to verse 13. This is important. He says that in time past when he was in the Jews' religion... He persecuted the church of God, wasted it. Notice a colon there. So he's going to tell us how he did this. Watch, verse 14. And I profited, notice his choice of words. I profited in the Jews' religion above many my, his what? Ah, his equals. That sounds sort of like comparison, doesn't it? I profited above. Above many, not above one or two. I profited above many of my equals. At least they thought they were my equals. In mine own nation, why or how? Because I was more exceedingly zealous. Not of the will of God. Isn't that interesting? Not of the will of God. He was exceedingly zealous of the traditions of his fathers. There was something he had watched happen that he thought, I'm going to do that good. I'm going to do it better than they did it. And, I'm gonna, and he had so much zeal for what he thought was the work of God. But what he was doing was he was competing against many his equals. And he profited as a result of it. I mean, he probably got speaking engagements. I mean, he got letters from the high priest to do some stuff because he was so zealous in the traditions of it. I mean, this guy, he's going somewhere. I mean, he's doing the work of God. Look at how he, look at his passion. Look at his, he had a reputation. 
After the Lord struck him down on the road to Damascus, he said, I count my whole pedigree as nothing. Dung, he called it. What was that other tra utter transformation? It was a recognition that everything I do in the kingdom has got to be about and for the king and not about and for my credit, my glory, my attention, my recognition, my name, my title, anything with my on it. We live in the day and hour of social media. And so it's a great opportunity to broadcast everything that is done. I'll say it that way. Is done. And the Lord's desire to use us, and I believe his use of us, is going to be relative to our willingness to be certain that he receives all the glory. And we sow seed. We sow seed. We sow seed. Amen. Why don't we stand together tonight? It's interesting there where we read in Galatians, if you if you were to jump back to verse 10, he talks about this deal with pleasing God or pleasing men. And he makes the statement, if I please men, then I am not the servant of God. Not the servant of God. You are called with purpose. You are called with purpose. And so may the Lord in his great grace keep us from comparing but to have the mind of Christ and be used the way he wants to use us. And when I'm sharing the testimony of his goodness and his operation in, with, and through my life and your life, may it never be with a slant of, you know, look at me. You know, look at what I've done. But may it ever be by the grace of God, with the purity of his spirit and his mind, that glorifies him, that sows seed in a life for the purpose of the kingdom. Amen. Can we talk to the Lord right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I know that this room is filled with people that are wanting God to use us. We're available to him. We are available to him. We are available to him. Jesus, I'm available to you. And so I'm asking you, search out my motive. Search out my motive that you can use me as you desire so that you receive all the honor and all the glory so that your kingdom is multiplied in the earth. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray your mind in us of no reputation, Father. 
That your will is wrought in these valleys, Father. That we not seek credit, but we seek you to be glorified. You to be magnified and men to be drawn to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We need and we desire you, Father. We hunger and thirst after you and seeing your will wrought. I pray in each vessel here tonight that is so willing. The work of your word and spirit, Lord, through each one. As you intend, according to your design. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. The scripture says he sets or places members in the body as it pleases him. And so our function is by his design. And so where I have a rough time is when I start wanting to try to function in a way I see another part of the body functioning that's not the part of the body that I am. Does that, did that make sense? And so if I'm looking and I'm going, man, I, I, I really, you know, I heard somebody, I heard their name get mentioned. Their name gets mentioned a lot. What are they doing? I want to do what they're doing. It reveals my motive. And this isn't something that I felt like that we battled against. I feel like it's something the Lord's wanting to settle in our spirit because of where he is taking us right now. And the doors that he's opening to us. And so that this element that the enemy would try to use to derail the church, he did it in Acts 6, can't be used so that we rejoice in how God is using every part of the body. And we seek to fulfill our part. And we also seek to be edification to every other part of the body. And in relationship to one another, we esteem each other better than ourselves. That's what Paul's talking about. And when I'm looking on the things of others, I'm looking at, tell me what's going on with that Bible study you're teaching. When is that again? I'm going to be praying with you. I'm looking on the things of others. I'm, I'm wanting to know what's happening in the body with others. Not for comparison, for edification, for joining together, for believing together. Amen. This is important. Here's one more element why it's so critical. The Lord is going to continue to add to the body. He's doing it. And as he continues adding to the body. We still have to let him by his spirit. Keep our hearts and minds pure. So they don't go well you know this. This part that was added I don't know. Or that part that was added. No 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 no. I want the wisdom, the love, the grace of God when he adds to the body that I go, okay, God, what's my part in relationship to this new part in the body? What's my part in relationship to this adding to the body that you've done? Because you understand if we're sowing seed and we're watering, what's he do? Ah, he gives increase. 
That increase means an adding to the body. Right? And we didn't read the scripture, but it's there. So then, he that soweth is nothing, and he that watereth is nothing. I, I didn't say it. The scripture says that. That's why he didn't focus on the sower. It was the seed in the ground. God that gives the increase. That's the focus. Amen? Praise God. I have great faith for seed that's in the ground. And I have great faith for the seed that so many are sowing. And when we go to prayer, the Lord is wanting to shift. So our prayer is prayer of watering. I'm praying for the seed, God. I'm praying your water on it. I'm praying moisture on the ground. I'm praying the germination of seed, God. Amen? And he'll give increase. Praise God. Praise God. Greet somebody. We're going to baptize a young man here in a moment. Would you take a moment? Greet somebody. In Jesus' name.